Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. Hey, if you've ever started any kind of project or endeavor, you know that it's difficult to start, it's difficult to complete, but oftentimes the times of most conflict are right in the middle of the project. This is where it's really important for us to remember why are we doing the thing that's in front of us today. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the life of Nehemiah and see how Nehemiah helped the people of Israel in a project in the most critical moment of that endeavor and reminded them that what they were doing was not just for themselves, but it was for the Lord and for the people around them. What if I have the word that it would encourage someone else? What if I have the the thing that would free someone else's life up, you know? So if we lose the why of others, then, you know, anything we're doing, you know, in, in and for the Lord will eventually dry up. Nate, we're talking about one of our biggest heroes, I feel like, in the Bible right now, about Nehemiah. Tell us about like, your your draw to Nehemiah. This is a guy you're really into, right? I love Nehemiah. Yeah, it started for me as a you know young man in Bible college, listening to a teacher explain the book of Nehemiah to mm. me, and mostly, however, reading a book about Nehemiah and his life by Alan Redpath. Oh, cool! Called oh, Victorious yeah. Christian Service hmm. Warfare. One of those. <laughs> both his life <laughs> yeah. is combined of both those things. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it just really resonated with me. I've, from the very beginning of my Christian life and walk, really loved the narrative passages mm-hmm. and portions of the Old Testament, and have connected to them i really enjoy the experience of connecting the lines into our new testament Mm, economy and figuring out what lessons in that old testament era uh, are applicable to us today and like doing the work of getting Mm. those lessons out of the old testament text i just really love doing that but i think what i really have resonated with about nehemiah over the years is the leadership Mm -hmm. that he exhibited in Israel during a really crucial period of their history and the way that God blessed him to lead the charge of Mm. rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. And uh, that leadership that he displayed in my life, at least, Mm -hmm. I felt I've drawn on those lessons countless times oh yeah me too so he has been a real friend of mine over the years and another thing that i've loved about nehemiah is that his rebuilding effort there in jerusalem seems typical almost or Hmm. or type like almost of the spirit's rebuilding effort in my own life and in our lives, you know, of taking that which was broken Mm. and burnt and in despair and slowly but surely and not so slowly (laughs) at times, if you think about Nehemiah, 
building us back up into yeah. what God has wanted us to be and what wow. he's planned for our lives. But I think mostly just the leadership oriented stuff in the book of Nehemiah has been so fascinating to me. I just love his resolve. I love how oh, determined yeah. he is. Fierce. The guy won't turn to the right or left. Yeah. You know, he's undistractable. You know, I mean, <laughs> I he is just like yeah. a force to be reckoned with. He is mm-hmm. moving forward and will not stop. You know, it was yeah. 52 days that it took to get that mm. wall rebuilt. And it had sat there for years yeah unbuilt in disrepair Mm. and nobody had the resources but also the the gumption the strength the resolve to see it get rebuilt but nehemiah came along he had the resources that god had blessed him with and he also had this determination and i've just always loved that determination especially in pastoral work and ministry you know as a man as a father as a husband there's just so many ways in which you just can't stop. You have to move forward. You can't be uh, dissuaded from your task. And yeah. Nehemiah was that man. So he's just spoken to my heart so many different times, or the spirit, I should say, has spoken yeah. to my heart so many different times from the pages of scripture looking at Nehemiah's mm. life. Yeah, it's so true, man. He really had a, uh, when you read his story, it's like there's just like a fire inside of his gut that kind of kept him going. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the pistons were always just like flaring up, it seemed like. Totally. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Especially in this portion of scripture that you pulled out for this article in uh, Nehemiah chapter four. This is like a really, it felt like kind of a critical time in uh, the Jewish people's history because they had been working on this project you're talking about, but kind of got to the middle where it was like a lull almost. And they really needed somebody to, kind of kick it in the high gear but can you kind of tell us what was going on at this part of Nehemiah's life in the history of the Jewish people and then I'd love just to kind of know your thoughts too about who was in your mind as you're writing this article too yeah well they where they were at was they were about halfway finished with the project the wall project the wall project yeah yeah, rebuilding the wall so you know he came into jerusalem he scoped out the city by himself at night Mm kind of just got his own look of things king artaxerxes from afar had promised to fund the project Mm -hmm. and protect and support the project right um he had then nehemiah shared the vision with everyone they had rallied everybody together. They had energy and discipline. They yeah. had one task. There were some dissenters who didn't want to give themselves to the work, but that didn't stop them. By and large, they kept moving. They were doing it. They're building this, the uh, walls. They knew that was the first thing that needed to be repaired. They couldn't right. just move into Jerusalem and start living there and, um, you know, having a normal society mm-hmm. that was unprotected by those walls so the walls and the gates were what was most important first so that's what they were getting after there's all this rubble there's all these uh, obstacles there were even foreigners who were enemies of israel who began to complain and try to like i said earlier dissuade them from the task nehemiah was having none of it and so they got the wall to up to half its height so that to me has always stood as a significant moment Yeah. because when you're halfway up, when you're halfway through a project, that's a real 
vulnerable moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you've done a lot of work at that point. Yeah. Where you might be tempted to feel that you should be finished already. Yeah. Because it feels like it took so much to get to that mm-hmm. point. But then you realize you're only halfway there. There's so yeah. far to go. It's like if you are, are have ever done any uh, like mountain trekking. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're on a, a switchback that mm-hmm. just is going forever, a series of switchbacks, you know, back mm-hmm. and forth and back and forth. And you're just steadily climbing and making <laughs> that journey to the top. Mm-hmm. When you get halfway, it is slightly depressing because you look down and you realize I, I came this far. Yeah. That could be encouraging, but I look up and I realize I have so much further to go. I am yeah. this tired right now. I, mm-hmm. And so that's where they were. They were at this halfway spot. People began to complain. Their strength was beginning to fail. They felt like there was too much debris for them to clean up. Mm. And they started spreading this attitude and saying, by ourselves, we can't rebuild the wall. And even their enemies also began to echo Mm. those doubts by saying, we're going to come in. You're not even going to see us when we kill you, when we attack you, and when we stop the work. And there were even friends of theirs who weren't engaged in the project who were saying, why don't you just come home? Why don't you return to us? Why don't you just give up? You know, you, you've gone far enough, just come home, return to us. So they're Mm -hmm. feeling doubts within, they're feeling doubts from the enemy and they're feeling doubts from their own friends. Yeah. And that's the situation that they're in. Man, touches too close to home. Well, in the article you talk oh, about, oh, you 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 asked me who I oh, was yeah. thinking about yeah, when I wrote yeah. this article. I'm sorry, I forgot to answer that part of the question, but uh, I was thinking of our church. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, mm-hmm. you know, I I I was thinking of any church. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, in particular, but I was thinking of our church just with, um, and probably thinking of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with the thought that there comes a point where you know you're working good things are happening there's a momentum Mm -hmm. uh, there's unity there's pushing forward and getting this mission that you know Mm -hmm. the lord gave to you accomplished and then as you're getting closer to that final destination which is so hard to put your finger on in in the life of a church because it's not like any of us we're not going to hang the george bush banner mission accomplished (laughs) like it's not going to (laughs) happen you know because there's always more people to reach more people to save but just you have this togetherness this focus and then you can almost feel it these disparate visions start creeping into Mm. a church or these distractions of well maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that or and you start kind of losing your zeal a little bit and um and maybe even just feeling not even distracted but tired yeah uh feeling like man i just i don't know can i can i keep doing this Mm. you know can i keep going you know kind of thing and then the enemies man i mean the enemy is real so there's spiritual warfare 
that you're up against. There's principalities and powers that are, you know, attacking us in the spiritual dimension and realm, but also just diluting the minds of the human beings around us. And so often it just feels like, man, we are becoming more and more a hated mm -hmm. people yeah. for what we believe and despised by the cultures that we live in yeah. more and more being treated that as the problem mm -hmm. with society and that if we could just somehow uh, eradicate the church and the morality that it teaches right. and mm -hmm. the message that it preaches then we'd be having a great old time without them yeah and you start feeling that uh -huh. and it just brings a fatigue hmm. man into your body so you're you start going through mission fatigue so i, I think i was just thinking <laughs> yeah. about you know our our That's church good. the good people who are serving the lord here myself as the hmm. you know lead pastor of the church our pastoral team our staff volunteers people in the church just thinking about hey the mission that we're on you know don't get tired here's what's mm. coming you know it's it's going to happen and trying to encourage a little bit Come on. each of us in in the work that God's called us to it's so good man you you look at the life of Nehemiah and this time in history and you pull out this um this verse i won't read it yet but we can kind of talk about it maybe but basically the gist of it is that Nehemiah reminded the people to remember God and other people. Yeah. And so those are your two kind of big points in the article. Yeah. I thought we could just talk about how Nehemiah, Nehemiah reminded them of God. And I thought this is such a good point because it could be so easy to get, I think, just consumed with the goal ahead of us that we forget who we're actually trying to accomplish the goal for. Yeah. It's just so easy to forget um, the Lord so often. So why was it important for Nehemiah to point the Jewish people towards God in this particular part in the yeah. story? Probably a lot of it had to do with the the fear. You know, they needed to yeah. know that God was for them, that yeah. God was on their side, and they needed to remember what they were doing this whole project for. Jerusalem was not just some random city. Right. You know, right. Jerusalem, when healthy, mm -hmm. would and protected with walls that were there, would be an inhabited place. But not only would it be inhabited by people, it would be inhabited by the living God yeah. who promised that he would dwell inside of mm -hmm. the temple that resided in that place. It's a big deal. So for them, the reason that they were doing this whole thing was for the glory of God. They wanted God to be seated on his mm -hmm. throne, so to speak, mm -hmm. there inside the Holy of Holies. And so that's what Nehemiah said. He said, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. So, I wrote this little line. I just said, if a church's energy and enthusiasm for the work comes from their vision of what the church could be, it will ultimately fade. You mm -hmm. cannot remain zealous when you only have a vision for the next level or numerical so growth. You must have a vision of God. He is the great and awesome one, as Nehemiah said. He is worthy mm -hmm. of our praise, sometimes in the form of our sweat. And when we set our sights on him, we have someone worth the fight. Amen. And I think this can happen a lot of times in a church family mm -hmm. where you start getting a vision for the church yeah. as an end in and of itself mm -hmm. rather than of God and the church as a means to living out and 
bringing about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, no longer is it we want to honor the Lord, we want to love the Lord, we want to praise the Lord through having a women's ministry as right. an example, but it's all about the women. It's just, mm-hmm. it's about the women and what do the women need and what do the women want? And it becomes this this self-focused thing right. rather than what is God trying to do in the lives yeah. of women? And how much does God love the women mm-hmm. of this church? And love that. in that second vision uh, where it's just you're only you're not thinking about God anymore, man, anybody who's trying to minister for, to women, it's just mm-hmm. going to get lost and fatigued, you know, and discouraged. Mm -hmm. But when you see the Lord, man, the Lord loves women. The Lord cares for these women. The Lord is trying to do something in their lives. That single mom, you know, that's struggling and battling God's Mm -hmm. working in her life. He's doing something he's trying to reach, you know, the more that that vision can get into your head, um, the, the more energized I think we become. Yeah. And then not only that, but just the help with, uh, strength for doing all of this. Like, mm-hmm. hey, remember God. He's He's uh, not only worth fighting for, but He also can energize and strengthen and yeah. empower you for That's that good. fight. Hey, just want to take a quick moment to remind you about what's going on at nateholdridge.com. This week, uh, a new article was just released. It's called Get Help for Your Weaknesses from Your High Priest. And this is an article that's based out of the book of Hebrews. And it's all about finding our comfort and finding strength, not in something in this world, not in um, self-development, but finding it in Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate source for everything we truly need in this life. And so maybe you're feeling a little bit beat up this week. Maybe it's the middle of your week and you're feeling stressed out, like you're having a hard time moving forward. Just know today that you can go to Jesus and find everything that you need uh, to keep moving forward. So when you finish up with this article that you're listening to right now, jump online, nateholdridge.com. It'll be the first article that you see at the top of the page. Get help for your weaknesses from your high priest. And we hope that that's a blessing for you in your life this week. All right, let's get back to the conversation. That's real good, man. And kind of tied right to that is the second exhortation that Nehemiah gave to the people, which was to remember, like you said, the the families, the people in the community, and to really keep keep steam for them as well. I thought this is really unique too because I think about projects I've been on. You know, when you get to the middle of a project, any kind of endeavor, it can be so easy to lose steam. You start thinking about why things aren't moving more quickly or that things would be better if I had more skills or wondering if we're even doing the right thing in the first place, which I'm sure I'm sure these people had those kind of questions, but it really just boils down to being consumed with ourselves, I feel like, and that's true for me. But Nehemiah reminded the Israelites who they were building for and why was this crucial for them to remember? Yeah, it's just so beautiful. I mean, he says, remember the Lord who's great and awesome and fight for your brothers, for yeah. your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. It's like Lord of the Rings or like totally. Braveheart style. Braveheart, right man. That's what I think of. <laughs> William Wallace, yeah. you know. <laughs> so great. And that's Nehemiah, man. He's just like, hey, look, remember God. 
but fight for your family. Yeah. You know, fight for your homes. He just puts others on their yeah. horizon, you know, and gives them that vision. And this is really important, you know, because like I said, I was thinking about just our own fellowship, our own church. And mm. um, we live in uh, a time where what is becoming the real religion mm-hmm. of our culture is uh, self. Yeah. You know, self-improvement, self-actualization, mm-hmm. um, self-discovery. Self kind of is mm-hmm. the religion. Yeah. So that's why, for instance, people rage at the Christian idea of a, of a biblical sex ethic, mm-hmm. as an example. Right. People will rage against that because... Well, what happens if there's a person, a self out there, an individual who doesn't want that, doesn't agree with that, you know, that's like an abomination in the self religion Mm -hmm. when anybody is kept back from a self desire. Mm. So that's an extreme example, but that's kind of where we're at. This is infiltrated, this self religion, it is infiltrated. Uh, so many of us in a lot of ways. So that means it's infiltrated the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what that can create is I'm looking for what I need out of church. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for what I need in the mission. And as long as I'm feeling satisfied, I'm Mm. feeling helped, I'm feeling good with this then cool because like i said the religion of self but nehemiah helped them escape that yeah which is what we need i mean we just we gotta escape that i mean i remember when i when i was filled with the spirit when i was 18 Uh years old it was one of the most shocking things to me yeah because what happened is in the months that followed I started caring about other people. I'd never done that before. <laughs> I'd never done yeah. that before. I started loving other people. I was interested in how they were doing. Mm-hmm. I wanted their success. Wow. And that was a spirit-fueled thing, not a Nate-fueled wow. thing. It wasn't just, well, that's the way Nate is. No, that's not the way Nate is. That's not the way Nate was. That's the spirit of God working in a person's mm-hmm. life. And... I needed that. Yeah. And we need that. So, so that's why Nehemiah says it. He's like, look, don't think about yourself right now. Think about God and think about your mm. brothers, your sisters, your wives, your children, your homes. Think about others. And we need mm. that as well, you know. So, you know, for me, like that's part of like Why would I go to life group? Others. Why would I go to church? Others. Why would I serve? Others. Why would I give? Others. Like the why so often I do want to remember the Lord first and primarily, but then secondarily, there is this thing where it's, you know, I just never know what God, I I certainly never know what God might say for me, what God might speak to me, how someone else might minister to me. But what if I have the word that, it would encourage someone else. Yeah. What if I have 
the the thing that would free someone else's life mm. up you know yeah so being reminded of others is is really important and i i think that that this is important because if we lose the why of others then you know anything we're doing you know in in and for the lord will eventually dry up 100 percent. yeah i thought we could wrap up the conversation by talking about that a little bit you know I think about you, Nate, and for our church, you're a lot like a Nehemiah figure. You know, you're constantly pointing us to the Lord and to serving others. And that's been such a blessing for us in our church. But I thought maybe for a moment you kind of just speak to the church. And there's people listening right now who don't attend our church. Um, but maybe they need somebody to speak into their life and just say, keep going. Like, keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Keep serving the people around you. Because maybe they're feeling tired or lost in the mission. How can they continue to stay in the fight and continue to build? Yeah, that's a great way of saying it because it kind of frees me up a little bit. Because, (laughs) you know, the last thing I'm interested in is building some kind of like human kingdom. Yeah. You know, I want God's kingdom to build and expand. So when I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about this in the realm of our particular fellowship, I'm trying as hard as I can through prayer and 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 eldership mm-hmm. and through just trying staying pure before the Lord to keep myself in a place where it's Lord, I want your kingdom yeah. to expand. I want your kingdom to come, your will mm-hmm. to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But there's always a little bit of like is this a self-serving thing, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, for Nehemiah, for Nate, right, for other right. leaders who are leading groups of believers towards God's mission? Is there something self-serving mm. about that? I've found great comfort in Nehemiah because there was no self-serving bone in his body, mm-hmm. yet he remained faithful to the task that was yeah. in front of him and would not veer to the right or to the left. But when thinking about it for other people, in the big C church, yeah. it's so much easier for me to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to think about the people who are grinding in their mm. ministry yep. towards children in a children's yep. ministry and in other churches. And week after week goes by and you're wondering and you're feeling discouraged. What what are we accomplishing? Mm-hmm. And how much are we getting done? And you're you're feeling like you're tired. You don't know what you're accomplishing. And I want to encourage you, see the Lord afresh. See how he loves children. See how he cares for these broken families that are coming across your path week Mm -hmm. after week. See how he cares for these little kids that are having to be exposed to things that you never in your wildest dreams thought that they would have to be exposed to. And they're having conversations that we never thought they'd have to have. Mm Think about them. Think about the Lord who loves them, who cares for them, and who is there for you. Think about how he has blessed you with the greatest mission on earth to go into all the world and to make disciples. I think about the worship leaders that are out there Hmm. who stand up at times in front of God's people wanting to lead them into a zealous cry and shout unto the living God to celebrate his attributes to sing of his glory, to sing of the gospel that he has accomplished in the cross of Christ. And as they look out upon the body, they see people checking their Facebook feed on their cell phones. They see people engaged in 
conversation with a friend rather than conversation with God. They see someone sitting there staring at the screen or staring at them trying to lead that person into worship, but they are clearly detached and not engaged. And I want to encourage you, get your mind upon the Lord, see the Lord afresh, see who God is and who, how wonderful he is. And remember you are doing this for him and you are doing this for the people. Mm -hmm. They need your example. They need you to set the tone. They need you to show them what it looks like to be a worshiper of God. You know, so I just think of all these different people. Mm -hmm. I think of pastors out there, man, who are just feeling fatigued and tired and despairing. And my encouragement, man, is remember the God who snapped you out of the clutches of hell and put a call and a burden into your heart. You did not say yes to the Lord because he promised you some glorious church, some ministry that was renowned throughout the world. You said yes to Jesus because of his blood that he shed for you individually and personally. Remember that, recall that, be refreshed in that, and remember that if even one person in eternity says to Christ, I came to him, I came to you, because that man shared the love of Jesus with me. If that happens with even one person, mm-hmm. then it has been worth the fight, the Praise labor, God. the struggle, mm-hmm. the toil. And remember that you're doing this for others. So, you know, in a thousand different ways, I think of the pastor's wife that's out there. I read a sad mm-hmm. statistic recently that showed how many pastor's wives out there have had to buy groceries for their kids with food stamps because mm. the salary that they're receiving is insufficient. I'm not trying to talk about my salary. I'm not trying to talk about the church that I pastor. I'm not mm. trying to make any comment about that. The Lord has provided for all of our needs, but I'm thinking about you as you labor and as you struggle, yeah. as you toil serving the Lord. And, and there you are, you know, God, I, 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 I am so discouraged with where things are at. I'm having a hard time continuing on. Remember the Lord. Amen. Remember that he's great and awesome. He is worthy of our praise and adoration. And even if you don't get to live the solid middle class life like some of the people that you know, remember that the Lord He is worth it. He is great and he is awesome and he's got you where he's got you and he wants you to pour out your life for the people around you. So recall all of that. Be reminded of God and be reminded of others and let the Lord fill you and strengthen you for the fight, the work that the Lord has for you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Each week, we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.